The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton, and we are coming to you today from Southern California. It is a gorgeous, beautiful day out here, a great spring day after a lot of rain. It was wonderful. Hey, I want to talk about something that's very complex, and uh, I've been doing quite a bit of research on it. I probably have way more information than I need for one show, but we're going to get started on it. And what that subject is, is artificial intelligence. And it's an interesting thing that is happening in our society because our world is just changing at the speed of light. And what I find is, even though I'm talking to very professional people, many who are parents, very few of them understand the impact of the fast-changing world of advancing technologies. And as many of you know, I just recently released a book on this very subject called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. It's, uh, that particular book is all written about the idea that next year the entire world will be connected by Internet. That will be the first time in all of history that that has actually happened. And literally, last week, nearly 5 billion people came together for the first time in all of history. We went over 5 billion people using the Internet. By 2020, we will have more than 6 billion people. Ultimately, we'll probably end up with somewhere between 7 and 8 billion people. So that is why I call it a world without borders, because this will be the first generation in all of history that can reach the entire world, but the entire world can reach our kids. But there's a lot more to societal shift than the fact that we're going to have massive volumes of people online. And that is all of these new and advancing technologies that are coming out, and one of them is artificial intelligence. One of the things that I am known for is studying all this stuff and trying to figure out and predict trends on how it will affect crime and crime solving, and specifically the crime of child sexual exploitation. And so that's what I want to talk about today is how this all affects us with artificial intelligence. So first of all, let me just kind of define for you what is artificial intelligence. We, uh, I myself have been doing a lot of research on this, and quite frankly, it's fairly complex. The, the concept of artificial intelligence is fairly simple. However, the ways that it's being magnified out, the ways that it's being developed, the ways that it is impacting our life is actually quite complex. I looked up uh, what would be a definition for you. Artificial intelligence basically makes it possible for machines, meaning computers, to learn from experience, adjust to new inputs, and perform human-like tasks. 
So what have I said here? Well, basically what they do is they will feed machines patterns of data and it draws conclusions. Now, it does a lot more than that. That's been going on with computer databases and things like that for a long time. In other words, I can remember even back in the early 80s and the early 90s, they were collecting databases and, you know, classifying people, whether they were professional or um, uh, whether they were unemployed and did they live in California or did they live in Ohio and like that. So you're basically developing uh, data based on different kinds of profiles. But this takes it to a whole new level. What happens here in artificial intelligence is it beats the machine's patterns and that, that machine is taught to draw conclusions from that pattern. And they take it to a whole other level in that it'll give them an example, and the machine will, through trial and error, learn from that example. Those examples are analyzed by programmers and coders and like that and say, yes, this this conclusion is accurate, this conclusion is not. Based on that learning experience, then they use that machine learns to apply similar logic to similar examples, and again, it's analyzed and said, yes, this is true, that isn't. And they test it until they draw the right conclusion, and they use that training to expand that. Probably a good example, I don't know if it's always good, you know, quite frankly, but uh, and a common example, let me say that, of artificial intelligence in your life is Siri or Alexa, if you have one of those machines in your life. And it's really funny how it's changed our life, of how all of us, I, I have a good friend who's an, a widow, she's 80-some years old, and her family got her Alexa just to keep her company. <laughs> she, she's a great grandma, and she gets in fights with Alexa on a regular basis. She chastises her. She, can, she argues with her, and she always loses, by the way. However, it has become a good companion for her. Well, Alexa is artificial intelligence. I was laughing. Mona and I were laughing. We were talking to Siri about something, and we forgot that she was still there. And Mona and I continued on our personal conversation, and suddenly Siri came in and said, well, you're entitled to your opinion. And so it's kind of fun how all of this works. But it will be taken to a much deeper level. And, you know, this can be very good or it can be quite frightening. And that's what I really want to talk about in this show today. One of the things that uh, started me down this path is, you know, how is artificial artificial intelligence used for good in crime and crime solving, but also how does it endanger our children? Whenever I look at any kind of new research, I always kind of look at best case and worst case, what is the good out of it, and what's the danger of it. And there is a lot of good going on in using artificial intelligence with crime and crime solving. But before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about what triggered this line of thinking with me. Because, as many of you know that follow me and listen to these shows each week, what is happening is is that we have a whole new app out. 
Uh, and it's not just an app. It's an app that will change uh, the way our kids communicate, the way our kids form relationships and like that. And my concern with that app has to do with artificial intelligence. The app I'm particularly talking about here is TikTok, T-I-K-T-O-K. Now, what is interesting to me is I'm finding that 90% of the adults I talk to have no idea what that app is, and about 90% of the kids I talk to already have it. TikTok is the now the most downloaded app in the world, and it's especially used by kids and very young kids. Parents have 9, 10, 11-year-old kids on it because they think that it's a kid's game. TikTok is a 15-second live streaming video app, and it basically bought Musical.ly about six months ago. It is owned by a Chinese firm, and I did an entire show on this a while back, and I don't want to lose this whole show talking about that, so you may want to go back into exploitedcrimes.com, go to listen, go all the way down to the bottom and go back a couple of uh, shows and you will see the whole show on TikTok. But TikTok uses facial recognition in their transmission. Basically what it does is gets our 10, 11, 12, 15-year-old kids and they put their face in there and then they can use that face to make uh, Images. They, they record their facial images and then they distort it. They get big ears and funny lips. And it's just a lot of fun. You can put all kinds of filters on it and all kinds of stickers and things like that. And it's really a lot of fun for our kids. And they transmit it out there and then they try to go viral. Well, as I had said before, TikTok is the largest app in the world now, even beating out Snapchat and Facebook. And as I began to realize that a Chinese company is storing our kids' facial images on there, and they are mirroring it with, it's geo-based, so they're mirroring it where the location where the video was made, so if that's made in their bedroom or their living room, they know where you live, and it is tied to the child's mobile phone number, so that Anybody who is watching that can text back to the performer of that video, and it also has a public profile. It is not like Facebook where you can go private on there and uh, say, okay, I want a friend or unfriend. So as I began to understand that a Chinese company is building the largest database in the world of children's facial images with all their personal data, including contact information and where they live, I began to be concerned. And then I thought to myself, well, this is an interesting approach because Facebook has been doing something like that for a long time. So is Snapchat and Instagram. Now, not to that level, but they have been collecting your every click, your every search, your every location, and they sell that out to as many people as they can. Uh, When I say that in the audience, people seem absolutely 
absolutely surprised. But think about this. When was the last time that Facebook ever charged you anything? And how did they get to be nearly a a trillion-dollar company? It is because they are collecting all this information, using it for AI, and then selling it out for a profit. Well, my name is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're up against that break, so we're going to ask you to stay with us, and we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This show is brought to you by Million Kids. We would highly recommend that you take the time to go to Facebook, which I'm not a fan of, by the way. But anyway, Facebook and go to Million Kids. Uh, and hit like, and you will see lots of new cases. We post new cases every three to four hours on there, and we would ask you to begin to follow us. We are in the process of making a documentary. We're actually raising the funding for it uh, so that we can educate kids all across America how all of this technology works and, more important, to be able to protect themselves and keep themselves safe. You see, one of the things that's 
happening is that we are in the middle of the greatest societal experiment of all time as we put our kids on the World Wide Web, but we don't explain to them how it's made. We don't explain to them about these technologies and how it can be used for good, but how pedophiles can use it against them. And that is just like the craziest thing ever. If you think about it, our kids are the first to try these out. TikTok is a wonderful example. 90% of kids know TikTok. 90% of parents have never heard it. And so they are out there trying all this out without any understanding of how TikTok is made, where they're in danger, and how a pedophile will use that. And so what what I was just sharing with you about TikTok is that you literally take your facial recognition on there and, and, you know, when somebody is following you, they know where you live, they can reach you, and like that, it will change how pedophiles behave and it will change how our kids will have relationships. You see, the problem with this is that we are not preparing our children for a change in emotional processing on the kind of how a relationship is is developed. In other words, our kids develop emotions based on eye-to-eye relationships in real time, real life, based on what they're able to perceive about that person and interact. And they can evaluate the legitimacy of the person they're dealing with because they can see them in real time. However, when you go on a site like TikTok, all of that changes. It isn't like you have one-on-one relationships with 30 other people in your class. When you go on TikTok, you're going on the worldwide stage. And on top of it, you're wanting to be discovered. And so you may have as many as 10 or 30,000 followers. When you look at TikTok and the number of followers, some of those people have over a million followers. And they do a 15-second performance, and then the audience reaches out to them and says, hey, I want to follow you, and like that. Think about how that changes for a pedophile. All a pedophile has to do now is wait. They do not have to get and start to find out your child's Instagram account. Count, all they have to do is wait in the audience and see that this person is maybe 11 years old and she's twerking and dancing or doing whatever she's doing to be discovered. And what happens then is all of a sudden this person comes forward and says, wow, you are really good. You know, I can, I'm a talent scout. I'm a modeling agent. I can get you discovered. And that is why the child's on there in the first place. So nothing has been done at this point to explain to the child that the, the, um, Definition of relationship has changed dramatically. Your ability to evaluate who is out there and who you're talking to has changed dramatically. And many of these kids already are so young, they do not have adult cognitive reasoning. All they know is they're on the World Wide Web and they have more followers than anybody else and they're popular. So all of this has changed as far as your child's vulnerability to being uh, offered out to a pedophile. But more important is, where is this going? Because the owner of the app is storing all that information and building data that is being submitted 
and being sold. And if you don't believe this, think about your own search in the last recent time. You know, I I went on this uh, recently. I was looking at something that scared me to death. I was researching a child anim excuse me um, video game animated pornography. Now, this is a whole new category that I'm about to do another show on in the future. But what is happening is many of our video games, they take the characters and make them into animated pornography. In Pornhub, I'm off on a tangent here, so bear with me, but in Pornhub for the 2018, Balzep was the number two search category in all of the adult pornography uh, categories. And Balzep is the main character character in um, Fortnite, the biggest video game in the world. So I started researching that. I thought, what the heck is this? And it was a fascinating thing. Now, first of all, that's a whole other show, video game pornography. But what was fascinating was when I was through, I went back to work to do research on something else, completely different, something technical. About two hours later, what I had was a bar above my research and a bar below on my on my computer screen of literally penises and vaginas going at it, animated penises and vaginas going at it. And I thought, what the heck has triggered that? And then I realized it's artificial intelligence. I had two or three hours before, done research on video gaming and animated pornography, and now I have a profile. Think about yourself. You'll go on and you'll search for maybe a new blouse or a pair of ti- a set of tires for your car, or uh, maybe you want to buy uh, the latest photo uh, uh, video out there or uh, music track or something like that. And what will happen is, is very shortly as you go on in your life, they will start sending you similar products. That is because your profile has been sold and over and over out there that you have an interest in vegetarian food or uh, researching a certain kind of cancer or um, the consideration to purchase a car. And every time you do that search, it's sold out. And in fact, uh, you know, every time you get a telemarketing call, they probably have bought your search if you've searched for that subject because all of this is part of artificial intelligence. Well, we've known this has been going on for a long time. And, uh, you know, basically what is happening is these organizations, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, now TikTok, all of them out there are selling your every search, your every click, your every location. But what is concerning to me is that we are putting our kids on there younger and younger, so supposedly they're not doing this, but you regularly see people that are being fined for it, including TikTok. They just got, a, I think, a $5 million fine for storing this kind of data for young kids. And, you know, to them, that's just the cost of doing business. Five million bucks is nothing in the, in the scheme of things for them. But what it'll tell you is now they're mixing our kids' facial recognition with that. So that was a concern to me as I began to understand it. And I say to myself, if a Chinese company is building the world's largest database of children's facial images, 
and an adult's facial images and marrying it with their phone number, their profile, their geolocation, and in the future, their financial transactions, where is this going to go? It will allow them to profile. It will allow them to say, okay, now we want to specifically go after Chinese kids this age that are on these sites that have these interests. Or we want to go after African-American kids that, um, that are in the U.S. that are in this age range, and we want to offer them out this kind of thing. It can also be used by governments in the future because that is profiling. Now... That is being profiled. It's no longer called profile. It is called data accumulation for artificial intelligence. And that is how all of this works. Now, this gets quite complex. I am not saying that this is good, bad, or indifferent. What I am saying is nothing is happening in our society to prepare parents or children for this. Now, there are many good uses for artificial intelligence, and I can tell that I'm probably not going to be able to get to all of this in this particular show. But I do want to maybe make this into two shows where we talk about the good of artificial intelligence in saving kids from sex trafficking and, and from child becoming victims of child pornography. But the, the thing that we need to understand is technology is an innate thing. It's, either good, it's neither good nor bad. It is how you choose to um, use this technology. And the concern for me is that this seems to be taking place in some sort of knowledge vacuum, or maybe the right word is awareness vacuum. Uh, I'm just always amazed when I talk to very educated, informed parents at some of the trainings that I do, and many of these are professional people who are in the business, and they are naive as to how this is all working. What really concerns me is how little we are doing to prepare our children in understanding how this works. And it is because of that that I literally want to make a documentary. Uh, I am absolutely passionate about making this documentary to anybody who will listen because it is just unfair to our society to put our most precious resources out front and allow them to be the people to test this out without explaining to them the dynamics of the world in which we live. We have never, ever really done that before. And it's a fascinating thing. Our kids need to understand if you put them on TikTok and you you apparently aren't even aware as an adult that you're putting them on TikTok. TikTok is so easy to download. I did it in 30 seconds or less. It is absolutely a piece of cake. And what children do not understand is the world that we're putting them in. More important, what parents do not understand is what's happening to all of that information out there. You see, we moved, we turned left, in my opinion, last week as a society because once we start putting nine-year-old children on the World Wide Web that can be reached by millions of people with all of their data out there and that data is being bought, sold, and traded, and stored for future logic decisions. This is where I'm going in this conversation. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm saying that the, the 
steamroller is crashing down the hill and it can't be stopped. But what we should do is stop and inform our society about what is happening. You know, an informed society can be a society where we can protect our young people and also help them advance to become leaders for future areas. You see, where we're at today will be nothing compared to where we're at in two years. Uh, artificial intelligence will be used to, you know, create driverless cars, uh, to tre- create uh, surgery without surgeons, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. So we aren't going to stop the steamroller. It is going forward. But it is unfair, in my opinion, to not uh, to do this just with some level of naivety. We must stop, and quite frankly, I believe the real challenge is in equipping the adults and equipping the, the parents to understand it. You see, they cannot parent if they don't understand the world their child is living in, if they don't acknowledge it, if they don't get equipped themselves. And that is the work of me and kids. So that is why I want this documentary, is I want to be able to explain to kids how all of this works. I do it when I go out and talk to kids on the Internet. I want them to understand where a naked photo goes on the Internet. It really is a fascinating thing that most kids will tell you that Snapchat is private and you can send on Snapchat. But what is getting challenging here is that even Jeff Zuckerberg recently announced all the, in fact, two of his top directors stepped down because their main movement now will be going to uh, privacy and encryption. Well, there is something to be said about that because if you can go into encryption, you won't be able to see everybody's data that is going back and forth. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get the profile of the person sending it, so that that still does not protect any privacy, but it will also make it much more difficult for a parent to parent or law enforcement to be able to find a case because if everything is encrypted, then we need, you know, we can see a message go in, we can see a message come out, we cannot read that message in many cases. Now, I will tell you that in more sophisticated cases, law enforcement is learning to extract it, but on a day-to-day basis, as a front warning that your child is doing something risque, you will not be able to see that. So what my point here is about artificial intelligence is there is no such thing any longer as privacy. One of the things that triggered this conversation for me is a headline of an article. Uh, This headline is on our Facebook site and on our website. Uh, This headline, IBM's photo scraping scandal shows what a weird bubble AI researchers live in. So let me say this again. IBM's photo scraping scandal shows what a weird bubble AI, artificial intelligence researchers, live in. And this is a recent uh, story. On Tuesday, NBC published a story that said, Facial Recognition's Dirty Little Secret, millions of online photos scraped without consent. I linked it to our last algorithm issue. 
So uh, I, basically what is taking place here is IBM, a recent data set released by IBM with a million pictures of faces intended to help develop fairer facial recognition algorithms, turns out that the faces were scraped directly from the online photo hosting site Flickr without the permission of the subjects or photographers. So what are they saying here? You know, you're saying basically IBM is using facial recognition uh, technology, artificial intelligence technology, and they are literally scraping, scraping through all kinds of images. These are photos that are out there. They are articles uh, everywhere, and they are gathering these up, and they are storing them, and they are using them to create artificial intelligence uh, based on public facial images that are out there. Uh, They have been scraping millions of public available images from Flickr and other sites that is going on here as you read this article. So what is happening is, is that companies all over the world are taking your facial image and buy, selling, and trading that, and we need to understand the impact of that especially if that image is your child's facial image. My name is Opal Singleton. This is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against that break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton. We appreciate each and every one of you that follows this show. If you want to share this show, they are all archived at exploitedcrimes.com. You just go to Exploited Crimes and uh Hit listen, and you will see on there. Go all the way down, and you'll see the show uh, on there, and you can download it, you can share it, and like that. I do want to take time out to say thank you to all the people who donate and make these shows possible. I can't do these shows on my own. Uh, You know, I'm a widow now. I'd do it if I could, but I can't, and so you all make this possible. You also make it so that we can actually go out and assist law enforcement in, in uh, helping get that victim off the street and, and assist them in getting the technology they need to be able to go against some of this tech, uh, this new technology such as encrypted messaging. So thank you to each and every one of you that go to millionkids.org and hits that donate button and helps us out. I really, really appreciate it. And for those people that are helping us to put together the funding for a documentary, if that's your passion, I would surely love to talk to you. So what started this conversation for me, and this will be a two-week show, uh, I may have a guest next week, I can't remember, but uh, this will be a two-week show. I want to do another show on how artificial intelligence is used to solve crimes of child sexual exploitation. But this triggered, because of this article, IBM's photo scraping, and basically what they did was they went out and they started with Flickr, and they scraped off across the, the World Wide Web a million pictures of faces, and the idea there is to help them with their facial recognition algorithms. What happened is that many of these turned out to be scraped off of Flickr. It was kind of interesting when I read this article because the president of Flickr was saying that all of a sudden she found herself with I can't remember how many images on there that that she herself had. Oh, here it is. IBM is using 14 of my photos, said Flickr co-founder Katrina Fake. 
chain of fake. That's interesting. IBM says people can opt out, but it's making it nearly impossible to do so. So what IBM did here is it's scraping data from publicly available sources. So when you put your child's photograph on Facebook or Instagram or any of those out there, it's publicly available. And IBM, as well as many other organizations, go out and take those photographs and they put them in their database. And they began to uh, log it together and and build a profile. Now, Mona and I last night was looking at my profile, and it was a fascinating thing because um, and we looked at her profile and my profile, and quite frankly, they're totally inaccurate. So a lot of data about us is out there that is not accurate in any way. And But what is happening is that they actually teach this. This is so common. They teach it as the foundational skills in most data science and machine learning training programs. So this is the way of the future. We have to accept it. We're not going to be able to stop it. It is going to be what happens. But what we need to do is make the public aware, and especially our children, because if they're going to go on the World Wide Web, and begin to perform in front of a million people or 10,000 people, they need to know the world they're operating in and what those odds are and how that works. And so this is the work of million kids. If you're interested in helping us make a documentary so we can explain this and we'll give it free to every school in America and then we'll also give it to as many parents that will be willing to listen to it. People need to understand how this data works and how this technology works and what they can do to protect themselves out there. More important, they need to understand that as they make decisions on their behavior on the Internet. You know, one of the fascinating subjects I always do with kids is say to them, who owns the Internet? They have no idea. They think the Internet is like one big game, one big social event. And you ask them, nobody owns the Internet. Is it private? They will all tell you it is not private. But if, if it is not private, then truthfully, why would anybody put a naked photo on there? And you should ask your kids, where do naked photos go when you hit sin? You see, they think that they're living in some private little bubble, and whatever they put out there is theirs. But if they put a naked photo out there, it can and will be intercepted and it will be profiled. On top of it, your child's very profile, as well as yours, if your child is on Minecraft, that is going to be known out there. If your child is looking at animated pornography, they're going to get that that image out there as part of their profile. If they are out there, um, you know, uh, taking chances in any way, they will be absolutely... uh, Classified. If they're making a video and that video has on a particular subject, that will be classified. That includes on TikTok. And so, you know, all of a sudden, your child has a complete image. If they're in there playing a Fortnite, that will be known. 
And so what will happen is pedophiles can easily begin to build the profile of your child. And if your child's regularly on TikTok and performing and dancing and doing those kinds of things, that puts them at the top of the list for a pedophile. And all a pedophile has to do now is wait in the audience, figure out who the child is, and then they can simply come in and they can tailor their pitch based on their artificial profile. So this is why all of this is important. We will not be able to stop this. I am not pretending that we can, but we need to educate to it. If you're still with me at the end of the show, which if you're listening, you are, then hopefully you'll understand just how important this is, that our world changed and we really must change with it. For me, this is the D.A.R.E. program of this generation. This is, you know, about 20 years ago, we thought all our kids were going to drop out as potheads and everybody got busy and we educated our kids. We are not able and will not and probably should not stop all of this technology. But to go into this era without laying a foundation for our young people, especially because this is the first generation that can be connected to the entire world. They will lay the foundation for all future generations on how to use technology with respect and responsibility and how technology works, how it can be used for them and how it can be used against them. It's kind of like taking your child to a busy intersection and not teaching them the cars are going to come and go and they're not going to stop for you. And you can get hit if you wander out there. Now, there's nothing wrong with that intersection. You need it and you'll cross it and you'll live with it. But to not prepare and equip our children and our parents is absolutely absurd. If you're willing to come along with this journey with me, I would ask you to go to millionkids.org and hit donate. Write to me, opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. And let me know what your interest is. If you would like to have a presentation on societal shift, a world without borders, a home without walls, just Email me at opal at me and kids. And if you would like to buy that book, you can do that by going to meandkids.org. This is, I believe, the most important time in all of history. What an amazing time to be alive. I mean that with all my heart. It is a fascinating time to be alive, but it is also a time when we cannot afford to be naive. We cannot afford to look the other way. We cannot afford a veil of denial. You know, I need, I was thinking the other day, I've been now three months trying to get this documentary funded. Hopefully I'm very close to the final 40,000, but in three months, 9,000 kids a day have sent a naked photo and are being blackmailed and 58% of them will go out and meet their pedophile trying to get that that photo back. 9,000 kids a day over 90 days is literally 9 times 9 is 72. 720,000 kids were violated while I'm trying to raise this money. Or is it 72,000? I can't remember. I think it's 720,000. That is huge. It does not have to happen. 
if we can educate against it, then we can and we should. You know, the sky is not falling. The world is not coming to an end. We are advancing and we are changing. It is no different than the first computers in our life, the first cell phones in our life, the first cars in our life. This is going to happen, but we are not properly preparing our young people to be the leaders even for the next generation or even for themselves. And so we need to be able to do that. And that is our work. I would ask you to think about it, pray about it. If you're interested in coming along this journey, let me know. Contact me at opal at millionkids.org. That is very important. Artificial intelligence is a reality. It'll have very good things. Next show that I'll do, we'll talk about how it's used to literally find victims of uh, child pornography. It's used to profile people who are buying sex. It's used to and and uh, be able to reach out to them and offer them help uh, in there. It is used for uh, photo DNA and finding how child pornographers operate and those that are intercepting the photos of our children or are violating our children and forming large-scale sex trafficking rings. There are many good uses for artificial intelligence in crime and crime solving, and I'll get into that in the next section. But this week, I would ask you to think about educating our kids about how all this happens and beginning to protect them. My name is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. It's brought to you by me and kids. I hope you follow us at me and kids on Facebook. Write to me at opal at meandkids.org. I hope you have a great week, and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.